Welcome to Hear the Dance. I'm Jared Angle, today's host, and until very recently, a principal dancer with the New York City Ballet. My last day at work at Lincoln Center was not actually my last day dancing in February of this year. It was a couple of weeks later when I returned to the theater to have this conversation that you'll hear today. A thrilling conversation for me with the legendary ballerina Allegra Kent, who was a dancer with the New York City Ballet from 1953 until 1981, and is one of the icons of our institution. Please enjoy our conversation. Allegra Kent, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. In the the basement of the former New York State Theater, the David H. Koch Theater. Yes, to me, it's always a state theater. So the premise to get you here to talk was to talk about Agon, but I want to talk about the ballet Agon and you, your career, all the ballets you've danced, you know, what you had for breakfast, you know, your favorite <laughs> ballet class step, anything you want. So I thought maybe I would... Let's start with La Sonambula. Oh, let's start with La Sonambula. Yes. Great. Which is your one of your signature ballets. Uh, I decided at one point that I wanted to study ballet, but I'd never seen a ballet. And my mother took me to... Bronislava Nijinska's class, hoping there would be a beginner's class. This is in Los Angeles. There wasn't. There was only the medium level and advanced. And And how old were you? Eleven. Eleven. And my mother said, well, well, then we'll just start in the middle. Just throw you in the deep end. Whoa, (laughs) whoa. And... (laughs) And there were mainly GIs from World War II who, with their GI Bill of Rights, decided to study ballet. And uh, that was tragic because you can't just start ballet if you're 22, 24, 28, or... But that, that's what they did. And I started in the middle, and... My first class, I absolutely didn't know what I was doing. And there were many GIs, and that didn't bother me because that's the way I thought a class would be. Many, many people. That's intimidating to be around a bunch of... Um, it wasn't intimidating the men because... Mm. It just the World War. Oh, it just wasn't. It, it, that's but what ballet it, class was for you because it was your first. Yes, one. but I knew how to bend my knees. Okay. The whole world bends their <laughs> knees, and I knew how to jump. That was naturally. And at the end of class, there was step, step, jump. I wouldn't call it a grand jeté because at that point, I didn't know what a grand jeté was. Wow. After class, I thought oh, this is impossible. But my moxie ruled the moment. Mm. And I asked my mother to take me to the library. And she did. And I took out a lot of books on ballet, including one by Lincoln called The ABCs of Ballet, which I thought would tell me the name of the steps. Because Irina Nijinsko, Ronislava's daughter, was teaching no one could understand one thing she was saying unless they had a little knowledge. Because she was heavily Russian. Heavily, heavily. Just speaking Russian. No, no. 
English with the heaviest ever mm-hmm. Russian accent. But I continued, and actually, I advanced very quickly because I had an eye, but I n- never started in the beginning. And Colette actually said, after a war, everyone wants to dance. I think she was saying that more about World War I because mm-hmm. that was when she was alive. But somehow I really caught on very quickly. I had started ballet, but I'd never seen a ballet. And I was living in Los Angeles with my mother, and the Ballet Russe, maybe around January, I started in the fall, and in January they uh, had a season, a short season, downtown, the Los Angeles Philharmonic. And on the first program, Lost Sonambula was given, but it was in those days it was called the Night Shadow. And included in the cast was Madame. Alexandria Danilova, Frederick Franklin, and I think Mary Ellen Moylan. And I looked at the cast very carefully, but I didn't look at the choreographer because the word choreography had not entered my vocabulary yet. Mm. So I just didn't read it. But after the performance, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. I was just so emotional about the whole body. It just, ballet, it just broke my heart. Do you remember the other ballets in the program? Did they leave an impression, or was it only um, La Sonambula that left you Only really La Sonambula. Actually, the second act of Swan Lake was on the program, but I didn't really understand it because it was two people in love, And she was wearing a tutu, and she was on point shoes. Mm -hmm. So that was like very foreign. Mm -hmm. A pas de deux with that costume, and they were in love. But in La Sonambula, I understood the point shoe because the Sonambulist and the coquette are the only two people on point. So that brought it to another level of my understanding. Oh, interesting. And also the mystery of the sonambulist holding the poet and walking off stage backwards. Oh, after he's been after he's been stabbed. By the host. Yeah. And that was that was my experience the first time. That's a great, I, a great I place it. to see. Yes with other things on the program yeah. that confused me. Did you ever think that you would, once you figured out that no. Balanchine had choreographed it and then you joined his company, did you ever think that, was it ever a possibility in your mind, like, gee, I'd love to do that, or I hope he brings that back? No, because that was, of course I would have loved to have done it, but that was so, so much in the distant past. And I joined the company when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. 
and that's over half a century ago. And I guess he was so busy choreographing at the time, mm -hmm. so you know the old stuff might not mm -hmm. have even been a thought because he was creating stuff for you. For well, so many other people. he wasn't creating. I was in the corps de ballet. He wasn't creating. Mm -hmm. I was just learning, and I'd never been in a recital or anything like that. So there was no way to get stage experience, and I was 15, and the only place to go was on stage. Oh, so you, you had a fast track. You started at 11 in Los Angeles, and then you joined the New York City Ballet at 15 in New York. That's not... And to, to go but from, here's some more details too, about yeah. that. I'd never really heard of Balanchine. But in Los Angeles, I studied with Nijinska and Carmeli Tabrachi, mm -hmm. who maybe didn't admire Balanchine, but she had a friend, a close friend, Muriel Stewart. So Carmelita said, you should go to the School of American Ballet because my friend is there and I'll give you a letter. I'd never heard of the School of American Ballet or really Balanchine. So you just came because that's where mm -hmm. the education needed to be That's finished. where Carmelita suggested. Uh -huh. And we walked into the school and we went by freight elevator to get to the school, which I also thought, now I think, how egalitarian. But then <laughs> I thought, this is unusual. And my mother walked in and said, we want a scholarship. And she gave them Carmelita's letter, which said I had a demonic quality. <laughs> that was her letter of recommendation? Yes. You had a demonic quality? <laughs> yes. And um, so Muriel Stewart gave me a very short bar and said the intermediate level. And the ladies, the lovely ladies, Madame Maruso and the others said, oh, we can't give you a scholarship because Balanchine's out of town for two weeks. But when he comes back, he'll look at you and he can decide. Oh, I didn't realize he was in charge of scholarships. Giving scholarships? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess, this was, I guess, before the Ford Foundation. So that oh, maybe way they were before. Less... This was 1951. Wow. Wait, wait. Uh, maybe 1950, because uh -huh. I joined the company in 51. I'm so little... it was still a young, a young school. It's like 16 years old, maybe, or At that point, something the, around there. The school was very young, but I think the company was about three or four years old. Oh, wow. It had other names, of course, Ballet Society. Mm -hmm. But during that time when I was, my mother was hoping for a scholarship we went to the New York City Ballet at the city center, and I just was astonished with the Balanchine Ballets because I'd never really heard of him. Do you remember your first city exact ballet performance? performance or, or viewing. Or, yeah, like or some of the first things you was saw on that... the program oh, and, nice. and two other, I, I can't recall. And uh, two weeks later, Valentin walked into the class. Vladimirov, one of the great teachers then at the school, was teaching. And Valentin walked in the door, and all the girls went, <laughs> not quite like that. <laughs> and I looked at them and thought, why are they doing that? And a man walked to the front of the studio, sat down for about 10 minutes, 
The step was something like glissade, jeté, jeté, glissade, assemblée, or something. Mm. Not very demanding. And this was the intermediate class. And then he walked out. And at the end of class, the ladies at the desk told my mother that I'd received a scholarship. And Pierre Vladimirov heard it also. He was so excited. He gave me a lifesaver. And it was butter rum. And he said, rum. (laughs) But I had read the ingredients years before, and I knew it wasn't rum. It was maybe vinegar to give it that flavor. It was like like a little little Russian toast, sort of a little. Yeah, yes. But I mean, rum, lifesaver. I didn't know choreographer's name, but I knew ingredients and a (laughs) lifesaver. And I studied for one year. First school I went to was School of Performing Arts, mm-hmm. which was exhausting because I was doing ballet classes there and then coming to the school and doing more ballet classes. It was way too much. Did you like it, though? Were you, did you like that level of work, or did you feel like you had to catch up since you had not been studying well, too long? Well, Muriel put me in the intermediate class, but... Mm-hmm. Our request was a scholarship and to get into the advanced class Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to watch people on an intermediate level when I was in the first group. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see people, students who were advanced. You wanted to be small fish, big pond, is that what they say? Uh, Yes. Looking around to make you better? Yes. That's That's smart. Rather than just or being big, the, the yes. crown at the you know at the top of this, and then class. at the second, yes, I wanted to see what great dancers did, mm-hmm. not what people who were still learning. I was still learning, but I still, I was always searching for ideas, and I still am. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, and some days, yes. <laughs> On the odd days, yes, yeah, on the even on, on days, the... <laughs> are there are are all days odd? Um, Maybe in the dance world, they're all odd. It's never <laughs> never the same every day. Yes, and then oh, that summer, I studied with Swoboda because there wasn't. I don't know if there wasn't a summer course or, I think there wasn't, or I didn't have a scholarship. And in Madame Swoboda's class, there was Raven. I don't know Raven. The, the, the wonderful black dancer. So much history. Oh, Raven, Raven Wilkinson. Yes. She was in that wonderful Ballet Russe movie. Yes. From a number but of there years she ago. was in class, and I thought, is she not beautiful? Is she not wonderful? Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the school in the fall, and Balanchine wanted me on stage, so I joined as an apprentice. Vita Brown took me um, upstairs, taught me the core of the second movement, Bizet, and a few weeks later, I was supposed to do it. I'd never put on makeup. Unlike the children and teenagers of today, the children of five-year-old 
Mm-hmm. Oh, they know how to put on makeup, teenagers. Oh yeah, they there's make you know on their phone. There's makeup tutorials. There's you know four, all the information is at their yeah, fingertips. Yeah, four four years old upwards. Yeah. So I had never done that makeup. I'd never done a classical hairdo, and also you had to split your tights, the silk tights. What is what does that mean? Split your tights. They were you you were given two, like long leggings. You had to split the seam on both leggings uh-huh. and make a triangular piece that you put in and then you sewed up the two sides. So in other words, you made your own... You had to make your own tights. Tights. I've never heard that before. What, never? No, I've never heard of that. I mean, we... You know, what, we, never? We just no, buy, never? We just buy uh, capizios, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're made. Yeah. But that was that era. That's a lot. That's a lot to learn when you're 15. And well, I didn't do it evenly. Stage. So, I mean, and I saw the ladies in the core doing warm-ups, like a little bar, and I thought, what are they doing? Oh. I'd never. Well, I'd never been on stage, and I thought I did a class in the morning. What are they doing? <laughs> but I soon learned you had to warm up before a performance, uh-huh. and. Going onward, at the end of that performance, oh, also I had to do a classical hairdo, and the makeup, I couldn't get the eyelashes, the false ones, on, so Bosch suggested I use beading. Do you know what beading is? Beading, no, never heard it's of that. It's hot wax over a tablespoon, and you melt it over a candle, and you have a little brush and you put it on your eyelashes, <laughs> and it makes sort of black beads. And it doesn't... So it's... That's no, a, that's you like can a, direct it. Um, like chemistry up in the dressing room. Yes. <laughs> Experiment. <laughs> and then I put on the tutu and thought, where are my feet? <laughs> oh, you'd never worn a tutu probably no. either. <laughs> and Dabrowska came backstage after that and gave me a bouquet of violets with a pink rose in the center, and she oh, said Anna Pavlova had given her a bouquet like that. Oh, that's a nice tradition. And have, have you have you given that bouquet to other people? Well, in your career, to students, they, it's or hard to find dancers? violets. They really oh. don't sell violets anymore. Oh, have, that's that's, a, that's such a lovely tradition. Next time I see violets, maybe I'll yes but, have to find somebody to give a bouquet to that's yeah, going yes, on stage. Yes. <laughs> And once I was an apprentice, I could watch any ballet I wanted to backstage. So I was gathering information. Who were your inspirations or well, in those in there, the, the early days? Well, here's who were in the company. Maria Tallchief, Janet Reed, Melissa Hayden, Tannikil Leclerc, and the men, Nicholas Magellanes, Frank Muncian, and a special guest, there's on a separate line, Iglevsky, and I'm not sure, uh, I think Nora Kay. Okay. And so and now was, I was, think... Was Jacques already here? Was he oh, a, yes. Was he a principal already? Or? He was already there okay. in the company. And I was also finishing my last year of high school. Mm-hmm. I was 15, I graduated high school. Oh, nice. 15, accelerated, get always it. accelerated. Get it, get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love learning. Oh, yeah. But but I just, it was like, 
watching rehearsals, performing, doing homework, rushing from class to class. And Eddie was going to that school also, Rhodes. Edward Villela. Edward Villela, (laughs) our Eddie. And I don't know if he had already left ballet and his family or father wanted him to go to the Marine Academy. Oh, that's right. And I just watched and watched to gain ideas, but not to copy, but always to gain ideas. And did you get a sense of what Balanchine liked or what his taste was, or was everyone, they seemed like very distinctly different dancers? People in the company came from different parts of America. Mm -hmm. Glefsky, of course, was Russian-trained. So everyone, it didn't particularly come from one school, Mm -hmm. but the principals were great. Mm -hmm. Great, great, and Jacques was great, but some of the other dancers, he couldn't find enough people to fill all the core, so they still needed a lot to learn. But, Mm -hmm. of course, ballet was not a tradition. As it, oh, yeah, it was like the early Russia, the early lean years. Valley. Yeah. I mean, the Paris Opera, Denmark. Mm-hmm. So uh, people were just still trying to gather everything together. How did your first performance go in Symphony and C? Do you remember? I, Na- nailing I'd it? never <laughs> danced with an orchestra. And then and I, I had a classical hairdo. You've waxed on your eyelashes. You have uh, a lot of stuff going on. I couldn't do my hair. And I felt I had an acoustic helmet. I'm saying Hamlet. Acoustic helmet on my head. So the music came through. It seemed foggy. (laughs) Was it over your ears? Yes, yes. Oh, they they did hair over the ears. Yes. Like sort of... What I uh, think the, of as like Giselle or sort of romantic. The days of yore, the from days the of days yore. of yore, or from the days of yours truly. <laughs> um, so I watched everything, learned everything. Jerry Robbins, when he heard I was an apprentice, also that first year made me understudy to a lot of his ballet. So instead of going and doing my homework, I was sitting around watching his ballets, uh, which was an interesting, not useful experience. But that was Jerry's. Yeah. Well, maybe you were just learning how. No. How he worked, or how to work no. with him, or how to deal with. No, I was him. learning nothing, <laughs> but how I'm exhausted. I have to do my homework. I'm performing. I have to go to school. I have to take my ballet classes. And you're sitting here for hours with yeah, Jerry. Yes, yes. So that summer we toured the United States a bit, and I'd made friends with a lot of the ladies in the corps, and I had mastered makeup somewhat. And then we had a New York season. In 1953, we went to Europe. We had a European season. Those years, you guys toured a lot. You were on the road a lot. Um, Compared to what I think, how we tour now. Well, the, the yes, it was government sponsored also. Wasn't okay. that far away from oh, the yeah, war, yeah. and it was nine Italian cities that we danced in. Oh, so you got to meet your first raked stage rather young yes, too. Yes, <laughs> I met it, <laughs> but Jacques told me it would help me. 
Really? And then the studio was also raped, mm-hmm. like the stage, the same degree. But I definitely had to get used to it. And that was in La Scala in Milan. Oh, wow. And Jacques said, well, before Ballantine's class, we have to take Madame Bullness's class. She was the Italian mistress uh-huh. of ballet mistress. That was at nine. And then I took Ballantine's at maybe hers was 11.30, Ballantine's was 11. And then rehearsal performance, I thought, this is ridiculous. That's a lot of work. Did you go out and sightsee and there all that kind of stuff? Barely, no time? barely time. I wish I had. But the famous Duomo mm-hmm. was there. And... Uh, well, I guess at that age, too, you're, it's so exciting to be working and no, dancing. No, I and, wanted to see Italy. Yeah. Also, this idea, I mean, my, my body was killing me. Mm-hmm. It was over working. And then my roommate decided that we, we had to pay less for rent in the hotel. So she decided we had to stay in a pension or pensione. And she found one in the red light district. In, in Milan? Thanks, Barbara Boucher. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she decided not to come home with me because she had her interesting social life. So I would come home alone with the motorcycles running past me in the red light district for obvious reasons, and I was trembling. Got to my pensione. You opened the key, chiave, pressed a light, and then you had to quickly get to your room or else the light would go out. They were saving electricity. And it was like, whoa. I, I didn't get there in time. Did you, did you write this on the postcard to your to your parents that I'm staying in the red light district? Yeah, I wrote this to my mother. Yes, but I think she didn't exactly know what I meant. And then in the streets, not in the red light district, the men like to goose the girls. Yeah, it's like a. Yes, I won't okay. describe a goose, yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> and it was like. Oh. And Nora, oh, Nora Kay was on that tour, and she sort of, in her Brooklyn accent, told them to stop that. And <laughs> don't, don't mess with Brooklyn. <laughs> so much of Brooklyn, but it was not effective. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to, on that tour, Roma, Naples, Florence, I think Trieste, Milano. We danced in Como, Bologna and a few other cities. And Naples was definitely recovering after the war. I'm sure. And the cats used to just walk on stage during the pas de deux in... Was it an outdoor theater? No. Oh. <laughs> but maybe just one cat during Maria Toftit's pas de deux in Swan Lake. And just walk on stage. Wait, were you a little a swan on the side standing there with a the cat going around Ye- your feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Betty Cage said, cattivo, cattivo, or, or how do you say cat in Italian? Is well, it we gatto? Were, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bat on stage once in Italy. That's the, the only time I've had an on stage. Wh- where? It was in Parma. It was during Dances at a Gathering, 
the two men's dance where they circle each other and are sort of in competition. Oh, yes. And I think it was me and Peter Bull, and it was a pot de trois with a bat circling. It's very exciting, I thought. Yes. Oh, bats use echolocation. Oh. And he was probably hunting for an insect. Yeah. Not you. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't doing the cage. No, you weren't. You were of no, exactly. You were of no interest to a bat. I think in Italian it's pipistrello, the name of a bat. I've never heard that. That's isn't that that's a, a great d- name, pipistrello. Pipistrello. <laughs> so that was very exciting. Oh, and Rome. We went to St. Peter's. It frightened me out of my wits. It was beautiful beyond belief, but all those dead bodies, the relics, just oh really? I started trembling. <laughs> Oh, wow. You. Yes. <clears throat> On that tour, we, we saw so much great art. Mm-hmm. And was um, Balanchine a constant presence like a with con- the yes, dancers con- all the time? And yes, taught ballet class. On the buses or on the trains? Not, the- yes, on the buses. I think he even had bought a Vespa. Too. I'm not quite sure about that story, but Vespas were in the rage. Yeah. And then we came back and I think had a short... I was 16 on that tour, came back, had a small American tour, and then went on another European tour. And then when we came back, Valentin started to create a new ballet, Iziana. Oh, one of the iconic yes. Allegra Kent moments. But no one had told me anything about it. And we looked at the call board. I don't know how the what you do today. It's probably more... We, have, sub- uh, we get emails at 4 o'clock. Yes, yes. With our schedule. But after our rehearsals, we went over and looked at the call board. And I saw five names. Todd Bolander, who was also a principal, four men in the corps de ballet, and one Kent. So I didn't know what that meant. I was hoping maybe it was the principal part, but I couldn't be sure. Mm-hmm. No one had told me anything about this. I walked into the studio, the four men taught. Mr. B told me to get in the corner where the bars made a right angle, climb up, and from there, the four men, with his instructions, put me on their shoulders, actually the two back men and I was straight. They mm-hmm. held me straight up. Nowadays, I see that they've done it with the woman at an angle, which is not correct. Oh, for her, for the entrance? For the whole thing, she's on an angle, unless there's more choreography. Oh, because she comes, she comes out, you come out, standing on the shoulders, but we, the audience only sees you. You're in white, you're in a spotlight. The yes, rest of the stage and is black. I'm, at an angle, right angle to the stage. And also, Todd was in dark tights. Recently, they changed the color of the tights for the man. They put him in white. So the only person on stage should be the uh, this iconic creature progressing forward. I was one of those four boys when Janie, was, Janie Taylor was held aloft. I'm sure choreographing it was complicated, but it is a complicated thing to master. And where but the you can master. Yeah. If you can master a tourjette, hmm. you can you master can do. that. <laughs> but anyway, that was a thrilling 
experience. And Valentin demonstrated, and what a remarkable piece, and the music mm. to that Ivesiana, that segment, the unanswered question. It was so mystical, but in some ways, it was the story of his life. Not exactly, but the Over searching, the, woman, the, the... Uh, searching, the search, and not being able to reach. And, and also, like, the different worlds, sort of, like a spiritual the world, world and a... And the music. And at one point in that ballet, when I was upright and held, Fauci wanted me to fall over backwards. And I was like, the audience went, <gasps> Oh, it's like a, what do you do with your friends? Like a trust fall, where you just have to go blindly backwards falling, right? You yes, don't know. but... I mean, you know the guys are going to catch you, but it, it looks, you hope. <laughs> yes, because that was some... The audience doesn't know. Yeah. But Valentine liked to scare the audience. Sort of <gasps> keep them on the, on the edge and of their And then yeah. after that, it was immediately thrown forward. Mm -hmm. And there was other details of the choreography and the music. Actually, Stanley Kubrick, who was dating Lusa Botka, was in the wings for that. You know well, Stanley was, he, Kubrick? Yeah, he was yeah. dating a... Rusabotka. Rusabotka in the company. So he was fascinated with Balanchine's use of music mm -hmm. and, and lighting and that mysterious understory. Mm -hmm. Do you think it showed up in his... M music, in the his music he selected was incredibly great. Uh -huh. Balanchine was an influence on Kubrick, maybe. Yes. That's amazing. Did Balanchine tell you anything about this part no. that he was choreographing or what you were or what you represented? No, but he just... showed me. Okay. But you see, that's a difference. Balanchine isn't here oh, to I mean, demonstrate, yes, of course. So that the, That's the, the reality that today is yes. we're yes. learning it from other people or who learned it from other people maybe. And, yeah. uh, yes, yes. Who? But there are those tapes that Nancy Reynolds Oh, the foundation tapes, yeah. But they're flat. They're a movie, and they're flat. So it's not like the original interpreter giving details, watching, and saying, no, no, wait. Sort of in the three or, dimensions. Yes. Did uh, Unanswered Question slash Ivesiana, did it go a lot throughout your career? Or was it sort of a special it, thing it, it, just um, now and again? It came and went at various times. But it was so innovative. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! And I was seventeen. And did, were you were you nervous? Like when you were up there, no. on one man's shoulder in, in an Arab? No, because I trusted. I trusted. Yeah. They, because we were rehearsed. It mm -hmm. wasn't like, oh, we have no time to rehearse. We have to get this on stage. We have. Or, even even more than that, were you were you nervous about the? 
pressure of having this principal role created on you, or did you feel comfortable because Balanchine did it and well, the you lights him? at first it was like the balancing of the stage lights. Mm-hmm. Then those lights brought me even more into whatever I was, mm-hmm. and I'm saying whatever I was because we don't know exactly. We can't exactly say. Unanswered is in the title. It'll never be answered. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a film of Suki doing it in uh, a kinescope when they did it in Canada. But I I couldn't do it because I had broken my thumb. Oh, no. But Suki was very, very good. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy about that. What was the next role that Balanchine... Um, I'm not quite sure because my mother insisted I go to college. Oh yeah, I well, I, I reread your wonderful book Thank before you. this, and you but, packed a lot of stuff in. Well, that's from a, fifteen to twenty while becoming a principal and dancing yeah, and making that, ballets. Yeah, that was um, an odd interlude. But then Utah of all places. After four days in Utah, I thought, "What am I doing here?" I better go back to New York. It didn't win you over? Yeah, and even my mother wanted me there. I thought, well, no. Forward, New York City Ballet, (laughs) back. (laughs) And then on the next tour, I think that was 56, and I started dancing principal parts, but I was still in the core. City after city, sometimes four ballets, sometimes eight ballets on a matinee, way too much. Oh, my gosh. But my roommate was an art expert, Rusa Botka, so we used to go to museum after museum. And when we got to Berlin, you couldn't go into the uh, eastern section. But she, she said, we can go by subway. So we went by subway to some of the great museums in Berlin. Oh, that's pretty brave. Going there, we had to take the night train, and it was sealed. In other words, from the American side to the Russian side, that was sealed. Uh-huh. In other words, no stops, no... Wow. I mean, it wasn't that long. Just think about what if you had gotten stuck on that side and then couldn't make it back for a half hour. (laughs) 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 There's always that fear when you're in a foreign country. That was the year of the Hungarian uprising in history. So we also learned about a lot of history, what was going on Mm -hmm. in the world. And that was where Tannekeel. Oh, you were there for the tragic, on the tragic tour when Tannekeel. Yeah, the tragic. In, um, in Copenhagen. Yes, and then we we went back, and Balanchine stayed there. And I think I, was I in read in your book that you were you were inspired by Tani as a dancer, or oh, interested yeah. in watching her. Well, I I watched everyone. Mm-hmm. She seemed like she had a lot of wonderful personality. Personality and distinctive quality. Mm-hmm. So then there was a, a whole year, I think, without Balanchine. But then he came back and he... And I was the principal then. So it was mainly learning, learning, learning. ¶¶ 
Thank you for listening to Hear the Dance. In our next episode, we'll continue this conversation with Allegra Kent. Until then.